welcome to the No More Late Fees podcast. I'm Danielle. And I'm Jackie. And we're just two best friends and ex-Blockbuster employees rewatching some of the best and worst movies from the late 90s and early 2000s. This week, we're talking about the oh. 2001 Mariah Carey movie Glitter with our guest, Dana Smith. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me, ladies. We're Thank so happy you're here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be here. And I've been following you guys for some time now. And it's really great to finally like chat with you guys about my favorite subject, Mariah. <laughs> <laughs> for those who can't see, of course, she's wearing a Mariah Carey t-shirt Rainbow. from Rainbow. Beautiful. <laughs> Love Thank <it>. you. <laughs> well, but before we dive in, let's get into some housekeeping if you love the podcast and you want to support us here's a few ways you can did you know writing a review and or rating us helps us get more listeners if you want to be featured and help us grow head to apple spotify Podchasers, good pods or your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review and while you're there go ahead and hit that subscribe button It'll notify you when our new episodes or interviews drop and keep you updated on the pod. And if you like matching your outfits to your podcast like Dana, you could check out our Red Buffalo <laughs> store and check out our merch. Go to nomorelatefees.redbubble.com. We have pet supplies now, Danielle. Oh, <laughs> tell me more. Pet bandanas, nice. little mats for their eat food and drink bowls. Nice. So you and your pets can be fancy pod pals and match. Nice. It's funny because I think after we come back from Chicago, I'm going to buy a dog. <gasps> it's time. And you can get him a bandana. Mm, I love that. So glitter, let's dive in. Yes. Music legend Mariah Carey makes her feature film debut in this love story set against the backdrop of the New York club scene. Carey plays a young singer who overcomes a turbulent childhood and begins an exciting but often volatile and precocious journey to superstardom. It stars Mariah Carey, Max Beasley, Terrence Howard, Eric Benet, Tia Texada, and Debrat. We're directed sorry by, if we said it wrong. <laughs> yeah, we apologize. Directed by Vondi Curtis Hall, screenplay by Kate Lanier, story by Cheryl L. West, and you can watch it on YouTube. But before we start, let's get into our ratings rewind. Well, all right. Just a quick thing. I said YouTube because people have put the movie there. I could not find the streaming anywhere at all. <laughs> and I know we're about to get in our ratings, but I did want to call out that the director, Vondi Curtis Hall, do you remember this name yet? This name, Jackie? I don't. So in Eve's Bayou, he was in that movie, but his wife, Cassie Lemons, is the one who directed that movie. So this is him directing his own movie. So I thought ah. that was a cool tie-in because we just did Eve's Bayou the other day. I, I I didn't check to see if he if he directed anything else or if this was and if this was his directorial debut but I didn't see any of that written so I'm guessing he's directed other things well I, what I've read is that he did mostly like television shows and this was like his first like movie director directorial debut so as you see the transition from tv <laughs> to movie I kind of see that on the big screen yeah yeah <laughs> 
I was like, oh, a black man directed this. I, I maybe know. should not be so hard on it, but ah. I'm gonna need to. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a transition for me. That, that really like <laughs> Jackie loves to talk about that. I do. I am a film major, so sometimes um, I get deep in the weeds with like cinematography and transitions. Yeah. And Danielle's like, didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> How did you not? No, that's one of the main things I noticed. And normally I'm with you. Danielle, I don't really normally notice those things, but it was kind of hard to miss with this one. So, yeah. All right. Well, now we'll get into the ratings rewind. So, you know, the drill before we get into the movie, we'll reveal the rating our Y2K versions of ourselves would give. Then at the end, we'll see if our current selves agree with our initial rating. Our scale consists of would buy it, would buy it again. The best would play on repeat. Five day rental. Would watch again. Two day rental. Okay, but nothing to write home about. Same day rental. Oh, the trash is covered in glitter. (laughs) (laughs) Ouch. (laughs) All right, Dana. So what, how did your Y2K self think of this movie? What would you rate it for back then? I thought it was like a masterpiece, you know, when I... (laughs) No, I'm like, literally I'm biased, obviously anything with Mariah I'm consuming. So when I first saw this movie, I was just like, oh my gosh. But funny part is, which is not really too funny because the timing of this movie, I didn't see it in theaters and I'm sure a lot of people did not see it in theaters, obviously because of the timing of it. Yeah. Um, But I did see it a couple of years after and I thought it was amazing. I I honestly truly did. Jack. Yeah. What's your rating? I am a glitter virgin. I had never seen this movie before. So Jackie swears that I picked glitter to get back at her or whatever. She swears that I love this movie. I have never in my life said that. I (laughs) saw the movie once. I don't remember if I finished it. And then I watched this creator. She does like makeup while she'll like retell a story. I watched her whole retelling and I was like, this is, she makes this real interesting. Uh, (laughs) She was really funny, but I give it a two day rating because I didn't have anything that stuck out to say, I hate this with all of my guts. But it also right. wasn't memorable enough to be like, did I finish watching it? So it's at a two-day rental for me. I don't know why I had it in my head that this was like one of your favorite like crappy movies that you love to watch. No. Maybe okay. it was me in a different timeline, like you liking Angus in my other timeline. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> it that's that, that's another multiverse. Yes. Oh, right. There is a, a, a Danielle Lamb out there. Yes. Yes. God bless <laughs> I love her. (laughs) Where are you? (laughs) Tell us about the box office, Danielle. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I just want to say to build this story out, the way that we're looking at these box office numbers are like this. This is how I've always looked at glitter. Danielle is holding her hands very close together against her face, like a little narrow Yeah, like she's got horse blinders on. Right. I always just thought that this movie was a stinker, didn't do well. That was the story that was told to us. It had a budget of $22 million and it only made $5.3 million. Glitter was released in the United States on September 21st, 2001. On its opening day, the film grossed an estimate of $786,000 
plus in about 1200 theaters on the first weekend of its release glitter was the 11th highest grossing film grossing in an estimated two million four hundred and fourteen five hundred and ninety six dollars by the second week the film dropped 61.1 percent on ticket sales ranking at number 15 on the box office so pretty much it had like not a bad week first week and then all the lambs went yeah and then it just (laughs) plummeted so to take my little blinders I had and start to open them up a little bit you learn that this movie came out at the worst possible time ever I have to believe if this movie had come out at any other time it might have done better it might have made more of its box office back it came out the album of the soundtrack of this movie came out on 9-11 yep on 9-11 which is insane and this this album is one it's the lowest charting album for Mariah ever yeah it was seen as a flop yeah prior to this Mariah released Rainbow right yeah (laughs) (laughs) I, I didn't have the glitter shirt so I'm wearing the rainbow but prior to this you know that was a commercial success and then obviously glitter came out and what it's crazy that the soundtrack to Glitter is actually a very, very solid album and it does not get the accolades that it deserves. And there was a resurgence of Justice for Glitter in 2018 and us lambs got together and we got Glitter back to number one. It's a great album. It's a really a great album. And it does not, because of like the whole debacle and all the drama surrounding the, the film and everything, it did not perform as well. But if you guys can actually listen to it, it's actually very solid. I mean, you have Rick James, a producer and writer of one of the songs on the album. Hello, Ja Rule, Loverboy, The Brat. Like, it, it's solid. Lead the Way, one of Mariah Carey's, I think, one of her best vocal performances on the album. But it just doesn't get that shine because it's associated with the drama. Dog. Right. The drama. <laughs> it, was a lot of, and it was a lot of drama. You know, yeah. just 9-11, that's enough, right? Like, you, it's a horrible time to come out. Yeah. And then... It was supposed to come out earlier, I think in July of that year, but Mariah started to have what we known as we know as the breakdown. But now that we have some context, there's a ton of other things from her mental health mm-hmm. and just dealing with her ex-husband, who, you know, was trying to sabotage her at the time. For sure. In an interview in 2010, Mariah Carey stated that she believed that the film's failure at the box office was largely due to the soundtrack's release date being September 11th, the same day as the terrorist attacks. And she said, here's the thing that had a lot that here's the thing that a lot of people don't know that the movie was released on September 11th, which I think she meant the album. Um, The movie was actually released on September 21st. They held back on the movie after what happened. Could there be a worse day for that movie to come out? I don't even know that many people if that many people even saw the movie. So the problem was, came out a horrible time. And then on top of that, I think once the film critics started to like pan it and talk crap about it, it didn't Mm -hmm. push anybody else to want to even go to the movie theaters after, you know, things died down a little bit, at least for people to go. Roger Ebert did say something nice. He spoke relatively well of Carrie's individual performance, writing that, It ranges from dutiful flirtatiousness to intense sincerity. However, he ended with, and above all, the film is lacking in joy and never seems like it's fun to be Billy Frank. And you know what? Lil Raj, 
I have to agree. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie, you could tell the editing was a nightmare. It, it's mm-hmm. just choppy. Mm-hmm. But I also think that if there was some like fun, like some more joy, some more fun, like she just looks sad a lot in the movie. And there wasn't even the side characters didn't bring a whole ton of humor like that there's it would have made it would have been like the perfect mix of campy and they could have played up more that time period too for sure i have a huge issue with the time period stuff too yeah (laughs) they go shopping and like where's my shopping montage right (laughs) like this like a drama and not a rom-com i think that's where the problem was yeah it didn't even have to be a rom-com it could be a dramedy and have more of a serious tone but we needed those snippets of levity to get you involved in the characters and want to care about like what they're doing and their their next move and stuff yeah it's and like i just yeah, I felt agree. bad for her the whole time yeah yeah it's like we didn't get to really connect with them because everything was super rushed yeah yes. and we didn't really there was no character development it was literally like here's billy as a child now she's an adult now, you're, you know, we were yeah. able to like actually feel for them and grow with the characters. And right. that's, I feel like the script was definitely lacking. But again, Mariah, she wanted to have a more grittier script. She wanted it to be more in depth, but there were so many different changes to the script as it was ongoing. And she even mentioned, she was like, basically, this was a movie without a script. A lot of it was they were improvising. So, yeah. which and, I don't get because. Yeah. spoiler alert at the end you figure you find out that this is just a remake of a star is born yeah Yeah. Yeah. like the story was written for you you just (laughs) had to do the characterizations yeah yeah like and then like the only version of a star is born that i have seen is lady gaga's star is born bradley cooper and that like i have not had a movie affect me that way in a long, long, long time. Like I, I sat there for like days randomly just thinking like poor Bradley Cooper, like he was done wrong. Like I was just like thinking about it because so well done and you were so invested in the characters. And even though he also had a drinking problem and stuff, Bradley Cooper's character, you felt for him because it was that struggle of he was trying to be strong for Lady Gaga's character like it was just you wanted them to succeed together and you felt none of that in this movie nah not not for Dice yo no. Dice was a can I cuss <laughs> yeah 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 please do Dice was a dick <laughs> yes yeah. Dice he needed to asshole. roll away <laughs> no <Never> come back <laughs> I I just yeah. think that the what either they could have leaned into more was like the levity that you were talking about, mm-hmm. Jackie, or they could have gone darker into the griminess mm-hmm. that is the music industry. I think mm-hmm. they barely touched the surface. But if you look at it from day one, men were just constantly looking at her as a commodity and not even a person, moving yes. her around. She was being bounced from one man to another, essentially, right. and never really had any control. It's it, it just showed how quickly she became a part of the machine without her even noticing. Mm-hmm. Like, everything happened so fast and so quickly they got mm-hmm. control over everything. They distanced her from her friends. Yeah. 
you know, and they started distancing her from Dice, even though he was holding her back, you know? Yep. So let's get into glitter, Jackie. You ready? Okay. Oh, come on, Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like thinking I'll probably need some help because I I tried to take good notes, but obviously... I, I am not the expert here. <laughs> Neither am I. Same, no. <laughs> but before, one thing I did miss was if I took my blinders off, if one thing was September 11th, the other thing was her mental health. And what led to the mental health breakdown was the <clears throat> sabotage that was happening behind the scenes with her ex-husband, Tommy Matola, who was, is he the, was he the CEO of Sony Music? I want to, we can, can we look it up? I believe he yeah, was yeah. a CEO, but um, I don't know. Let's see. He's the evil man, pretty much. He's an um, evil man, a part of Sony. And so she had yeah. been trying to get this movie or this idea of the movie, which she probably didn't know was a star is born, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I understand why she wants to do it. Almost every huge diva pop star has done something like this. Diana Ross did it. Barbara Streisand did it. We talked about in our interview trailer trailer yeah we talked about the bodyguard with Wendy so they've all had that moment where they're like do you want to be in movies kind of thing and they usually play what they know which is being a singer but since 97 she had been trying to get this movie made and Tommy knew about it and he did a bunch of stuff to try to derail her progress by yeah um, he did a lot of shady stuff (laughs) well yeah this do you want to tell us just a bit of what he did? Yeah, well, like you said, it was supposed to come out in 1997, and the original title was supposed to be All That Glitters. And due to business arrangements and things going on, she had to postpone the movie later on in, in 2000, 2001. But Tommy Matola, finally, she was released from his kind of control, and he's a control freak. So he's like, if I can't control her you know, directly, I'm going to do it indirectly through glitter and what she has going on so basically with the soundtrack there was a firecracker sample that mariah was going to use and tommy Matola heard the song and he was like we need to get j-lo on the record we need to get j-lo with the sample and put it out before mariah does so basically she came out with i'm real not the one with jaw rule but the original i'm real using that sample so mariah got she heard about it and she quickly had to like run and change the sample. So she ended up using Cameo's Candy for Lover Boy, which I, in my opinion sounds way better than Firecracker because it's way too busy. I love yeah. the candy sample. So that was one way he sabotaged it. And also just him basically, the power that be, he was still low-key in control of the script and basically changing things around in terms of the script and everything like that, which basically made it to what we know now as glitter. Like he definitely did everything in his power to indirectly kind of sabotage her success in this time period. And this, what I think also led to the breakdown, in my opinion, it's just him just having to have control and, you know, and she got the short end of the stick to me, but. That's crazy. Yeah. The uh, band behind Firecracker is Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yes. Before we get into the movie, let's talk about some debuts. So this was not only Mariah's feature film debut, but also Debrat, who she had previously worked on Always Be My Baby for the, the remix on, yeah, I said that all backwards, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> yes. And then, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and then also Padma Lakshmi's 
debut. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot or didn't know she was in this movie and it was super weird i was like what's happening right now she plays silk with a y because i watched <laughs> yeah. it with the captions on because yeah. it makes me hear better yeah. <laughs> so yeah so quite a few filter few feature few why can i talk Feature film debuts, and like Danielle said, she was hospitalized because of an emotional and physical breakdown, and then later on in about 2018, she revealed that she was diagnosed with bipolar when she was hospitalized. Mm -hmm. And so what Mariah has to say about Glitter in her 2020 memoir, The Meaning of Mariah, she said it, it was a collision of bad luck, bad timing, and sabotage. And then she added that she was really inhibited for many reasons by the acting coach. And and I think it's so interesting that what happened to her and her breakdown, not only just, you know, discovering or being able to realize that she, you know, needed additional mental health help. But I think it's just something we don't talk about enough in the industry, some of the pressures and stresses that happen, and especially in this time period, how quickly so many people out loud called her crazy or having Mm -hmm. a meltdown, like just very derogatory terms that I feel like, especially for women, that was way harsher than when men would have those kind of blips and easily could have a comeback and it was just so not easy like she says this movie and all the fallout of it followed her for so long like Mm -hmm. it took so long to shake it off and only now is it turning around that we're people it's finding a home with people because I don't even think they opted to release this on dvd right away I, I I don't think that it got a DVD release properly or something happened. It said, instead of releasing the film on DVD, 20th Century Fox surrendered the rights to Columbia Pictures, Pictures, and they distributed the film outside the U.S., and it only made $5 million worldwide. So I, re- I feel like I remember like it being available for rent at Blockbuster, but I... I know there are DVDs. I just feel like something yeah. happened, but you, you, that what you said was what it was. And yeah. to reference back to what I was saying, it's the podcast is Things Gay People Like pod, people like. and he's a huge lamb. Yeah. I'm, I hope I'm gen- not misgendering him, but he was saying that he liked, not liked, but he broke down the whole controversy. Yeah. About, he does a great job. Yeah, he yeah. did. He did a really good job on Firecracker, about Firecracker by Yellow Magic Orchestra. Yep. So I found and, it. And J Lo stole it. So I'm not gonna it. I'm not gonna say J Lo stole it. I don't it. know her. I don't <laughs> I don't know J Lo either, Mariah. And <laughs> I don't want to say that she stole it, but I do know that Tommy, I want to give full blame to Tommy. To Tommy, yeah. Yeah. And how he used J Lo wanting to have a music career. And either she knew about it or didn't know about it. Either way, the the he was pitting women against women. Yes, yeah, yeah. And so. also, he found out that Mariah. There's a song called "If We" on her glitter soundtrack, which is an amazing song, by the way. And it's with Ja Rule. So he got heed of 
she's working with Ja Rule. We need to get J-Lo with Ja Rule. So basically, that's how the remix of I'm Real came about. It's because he heard Mariah was working with Ja Rule. So he basically was getting all these little tidbits and it's like, I'm going to I'm gonna get her back. And basically, the way he did that was through J-Lo. So through I hope different his, avenues. I hope his dick never works again. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, he's an evil man. Michael done told us. Michael told us. He did. That he's he did. an evil man. He's the devil. Yeah. special circle of hell for him and lou perlman (laughs) okay and uh, so many more i mean i'm sure we could go for days the music industry is disgusting it's evil it's it's we can like you said we can do like a whole another podcast about that because (laughs) man that's what the podcast would be called it's evil it's evil (laughs) (laughs) but after this movie they basically bought Mariah out of her contract with a uh, virgin because it was yeah. mm-hmm. because it was such a debacle that they basically bought her out of her contract because they were like we can't work with her so I understand why Mariah had her feelings about this movie in yeah. her book she mentions that for the longest time she didn't want anyone to bring it up so they would just say the g word they would just say g that you're not allowed to say glitter around her or else to, you know she didn't yeah. like that so it wasn't until like many years after Especially, like I said, the Lambs got together in 2018 and we made it positive. We're like, yo, justice for glitter. And it wasn't as bad as a movie as everyone made it seem. It was just the powers that be. It was sabotage. It was timing and the script. We're going to blame the script as well. So I want to see the- not great. No, not great. <laughs> I want to see the unedited version. Me too. Like, you know, the Snyder Cut. Let, let's, let's get... Um, I, well, I don't even know if we would call it the director's cut. Cause, well, let's get the Vondi cut. Yes. yes. The Vondi <laughs> cut. I like it. <laughs> I like that. So the movie starts out and we see a woman on the stage singing her blues and whatnot. Smoking the blues. Yes. <laughs> and uh, she look a little, a little drunk, a little high. <laughs> a little yeah. 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 And then there's a little girl sitting at the bar drinking a glass of milk. Right. That's the 70s. Right. And so mama can't remember the words. So what mama do? She calls for her little girl to come up on the stage. Don't worry, y'all. She know how to sing just like her mama, she said. Right. <laughs> and Whoa, drunk again. <laughs> <laughs> and we realized that this is little Billy. And she's singing with her. She's singing the songs. Very Mariah-esque notes yeah going so on I, it's more i believe it's mariah's voice right and they just dubbed it for it a had to pick. be because i was like where did they find this little white girl i know she nah. was white yeah <laughs> definitely i mean they look they did a great job casting i thought she looked pretty she looked spot on. Caucasian to a me. little bit really i don't, I don't see no <laughs> mix in that one <laughs> but that's just my opinion y'all <laughs> Okay. All right. But, but she definitely had Mariah's vocals. She did. She did. They tried to do something with her hair. It was, it was, it was a lot going on. It was like the braided Um, wave. Yeah. But she got, mama got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can't put kids on the stage. Can't have kids at the club. Can't be getting high on stage. All the things. So then Billy and her go to this man. Well, they go to a house and they clean. She's like trying to get Billy's hair to look good. And she's like, remember what I taught you. Right. I want to know what she, what what is she talking about? I want to know, remember what, 
this is right. the with the script. What were I y'all got, talking about? <laughs> I got a little nervous. I was like, oh my God, is she going to sell her child? Because again, couldn't remember <laughs> a thing. This white man comes out and he's like, yeah. I told you not to be here, bitch. <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but he said, you're not allowed to be around here. And uh, yeah. we find out it's Billy's dad. He, he has a heart. He's a good man. He's got values. Yeah. He was looking to give a few coins, but then said, you know what? You could take the whole wad. Take it all. But don't come back here again. You heard? Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have known more about the father, more yes. of the dynamic between the, the mother and the father, but we, we didn't really get that. And I am assuming Billy is named after Billy Holiday, mm. but ah. it's never confirmed in the movie, but like it tracks. It does. And I would like to say, if we wanted to fix the movie, we could have oh, said, "Okay, Danielle, here we go, <laughs> buckle up." <laughs> now it's time for Danielle fixes the movie. The dad ends up being some big wig executive, right? Mm. And he's from a competitor record company. Here's Billy's voice trying to get her throughout the whole movie, and at the end, we find out that's the dad, and he's a slime ball. And she's like, I'm never going to come work for you. And you've been ruining my career. And you killed my boyfriend. You made him overdose. And he dies having a heart attack, fighting with Billy, has no other kids. And she owns the record company now. Oh, wow. Oh, I like it. Yo, Thank you. I will watch that. <laughs> Mariah, if you're listening, we, we fixed it. <laughs> Litter part two. <laughs> So Billy and her mom, the next scene is, you know, her mom's all coked out on the couch, cigarette in her hand. Billy is on the piano writing her little songbird heart out. Yeah. And next thing you know, fire! <laughs> Get out the building! Yeah, mama burnt the couch on fire and started a fire in the, the house now. Mm, yeah, yep. she fell asleep with the cigarette lit. So then CPS is involved. Of course. And they take Billy to an orphanage where she is quickly introduced to her two new best friends, Louise and Roxanne. Mm -hmm. Did I get that right? Yeah. And they ask her, are you Puerto Rican? <laughs> Which in my brain, I just think about that TikTok with the wig. <laughs> yeah, I love Puerto Rican. <laughs> Same. Selena wasn't Puerto Rican. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that because that is such a new york kid to do thing to do mm -hmm. i remember i would go up to new york for to visit my grandma and she would have me go to summer school with my next door neighbor who's a teacher and i would always end up being in the, the year below me like i the year that i was just leaving in summer school and these girls came up to me your daddy white yeah um, <laughs> he's not well, why you talk that way? I don't want to answer these questions. Right, right. You're harassing me. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, very New York way to ask what your ethnicity is. And she mm -hmm. just said, I'm just mixed up. I'm a bag of mix. I'm mixed. Yep. Yeah. And so then fast forward to grown-up Billy in 1983 at the club. Which was really quick, y'all. Very yeah. quick. I They're like, we're best friends now. And then <laughs> we're partying at the club in 1983. Yeah. Question. Besides that little caption at the bottom that said 1983, 
pay phones and maybe the look of the cab. Where else did you see that it was 1983? She had a lot of side ponies, which for night, like that was late 80s, not so much early 80s. Like, where's my like dirty disco, like 200 cigarettes gets it so right. And this gets it so wrong. I just, I, I, I don't, I don't know where she was. Yeah, I would say some of her outfit choices, like the, you know, her with the hat and the shorts, that kind of yeah. gave me '80s. But yeah, it was really tough. They didn't do a great job, like solidifying that w- what time period we're in, because I, I was a little lost as well watching it. It felt yeah. like many scenes. Yeah, it was two thousand one. Yeah, they, it felt like in many scenes they just stopped trying. Yeah. Yes, like I it agree. wasn't giving me that, like you were saying, that gritty, like the '70s still lingering, the '80s mm-hmm. bubbling up to the top. Like none of it. I I just felt com- that really threw me off. Again, if if they had gotten that part right, like the fits were amazing, the background, mm-hmm. like you felt like you were in the '70s '80s time period. Again it would have made it go up a level in camp. But I have a question. Why didn't they just make this just the 2000s? Why did they have to go back to the 80s? Because Mariah had a vision. Yeah. A vision of love. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think maybe if they decided just to do like a modern time period piece, maybe it wouldn't have gotten as much hate. Because I don't think the world was ready for that. And they weren't super accurate with mm-hmm. you know, the clothing or some of the clothing was on point. But like you said, like everything else, it, that was the only way we kind of knew it was in the 80s and some right. of the music. So why, why like, go there? I feel like um, legitimately, I think Mariah really loves that time period. If you look, as you know, if you look yeah. at her videography, there's a lot of 70s sprinkles in there that she she does love that. She yeah. even talked about watching like Diana Ross and watching some of the biggest divas with the fans. Like that's why she's like, my hair stay moving and flowing right. <laughs> because of of watching that. So yeah. I think she has an affinity for that time period. It was very important for her, especially musically. Mm-hmm. That's why I think what even when she was changing Lover the Lover Boy sample, she did cameo because hello, that was the time period. Classic. Yeah. So I think she had a vision in her head of like what she wanted and it just wasn't getting executed properly. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was, we'll put a caption up saying it's 1983 <laughs> and they'll just know it's fine. That's, it. That's all you need guys. Like <laughs> even just reference some like historical things that are happening like just something like did you see on the news like or <laughs> michael jackson's number one like they're yeah working in music like just throw out some like big something. names that were in the top to- at that time or she could have said like last did you know did you hear about last year danielle and jackie were born it's so they're <laughs> right. big things big things yes like something yeah. even the slang wasn't there no like we're we're not using rads or like anything well, they like, wouldn't they weren't gonna use rads. no but like i'm saying like yeah. they, they should have been using appropriate sa- slang for the time period mm. also what was dice's accent <laughs> Yo. and also what time of the year was it because it never felt like they were having new york winter ever and dice stay without a shirt okay when he went to the after party 
with that shirt completely unbuttoned i'm like sir you were around legends this isn't a word show button your goddamn shirt he thought he was ike turner for real he told uh-huh. me tell you get your girls get your girls and go oh. outside oh. <laughs> i was mm. like he was wilding out man i'm he, telling you he yeah. was and it was such a switch too like yes it wasn't like it wasn't a gradual thing it went from nice guy to ike turner real quick, real quick. and then back and then back mm-hmm. That was confusing. It was. <laughs> it was. And if you want to make a likable character and you want us audience to kind of connect with someone, that's not the way to do it. No. Like we, no. we weren't feeling it. You don't, yeah, you don't call the friends fat ass. And then what else <laughs> did he call her? Okay. Big mouth uh, or shy mouth. mouth or something. Ro- he, he calls her roach something. Roach bag. Oh, roach. oh roach yeah. bag. He yeah. was really holding those. It was- yeah, that was harsh. It, it was bad. I and was I'm, uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm not talking to that hoe again. You mm. have to stay in the car with your man. Don't okay. be knocking at my well, door. And the okay. way she stayed in the car was like almost like she was in like this severely abusive relationship and like mm-hmm. he's gonna kill me if I leave. Right. But it wasn't that. Mariah, why are you lying to us when you tell us this movie wasn't kind of autobiography like an autobiography? Yeah. Because clearly oh, he was Tommy. Uh, that was a good connection. I didn't even think of it that way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Because he made her. He even told her that. Like, I made you. You're, yeah. you're the reason why you're in this position. It's because of me. So right. that's a good observation. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't tell me this wasn't mm. an autobiography. Makes Just sense. Chiquito. Yeah. <laughs> loosely, loosely. Loosely based. Yeah. On allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> so going back to the beginning, we skipped ahead. Yes. We meet Terrence Howard's character named Timothy. Mm-hmm. And he is a record producer. And Gosh. his girlfriend, played by Padma Lakshmi, is this pop star silk mm-hmm. and so he needs new backup singers for her because spoiler alert she's not good she's absolute trash, trash. Her on it. <laughs> trash yeah trash i think it's- it would have been more fun if we stayed in that for a little bit longer like showing her having to be the background you know that drama and having her be exposed right like mm-hmm. yeah. having everyone Right, like having yeah. to be exposed and everyone finds out it's actually Billy singing her songs, but I don't know. They go right into the story. So like yeah. from one scene to another, it's she she says no at first, her friends convince her to say yes, we get to be backup singers for Silk. To the recording studio, Timothy, that is his name, right? Yeah. Okay. Timothy realizes real quick, man, Billy got some pipes on her. <laughs> Turns silk audio all the way down and turns <laughs> Billy's all the way up. And all of a sudden it's a Millie Vanilli situation mm-hmm. that everyone's just okay with. And I can't imagine her ride or die is Louise and Roxanne standing for him just using her vocal for silk. Yeah, there's not a scene where she's like, wait a minute, what the hell? It's like, there's no, like if they had dove into that story a little bit where he kind of told her you know, hey, 
yeah, we're using your vocals, but I'm going to get you a deal. We do this yeah. for a little bit. Like there was nothing. It was just like, everyone was fine with it. Yeah. It was super weird. And the girl didn't recognize that those sound, those were not her. She thought she sounded great. Yeah. I don't think she really cared. She kind of gave Timothy the look, like you're still the star baby, you know, and she kind of <laughs> yeah. gave him the wink. And then she was okay with it. It was just yeah. like, very, just like, we, we kind of went over that and it was just like, we're here and we're happy about it. So I don't we didn't really get too deep into it. And I think that it would have been cool if they had, you know, Billy saying like, here's a song. I need you to record the demo of it. Mm -hmm. And then right. having the girl claim it as her own song or whatever. Cause that happens in the industry. So All much, the time. Like, where the background is still background singers still left on the demo tapes. Ashanti um, and JLo. Girl, I got a friend who's <laughs> gonna kill me. I'm so scared. She go, she gonna be on my ass about this. At least slander. Sorry, Bria. <laughs> but you know what? You go ahead. I'm. I already. I stuck up for Jello as much as I'm going to do today. No, look, I don't hate on. Look, I'm not a hater on JLo. I'm just stating facts. That's it. <laughs> I'm just stating facts. Ashanti recorded. What was it? Is it not? I'm real. What is it? What song was it? Oh, ain't it funny? Ain't it funny? That song. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Ashanti, that was originally her song. She did the demo. Somehow it got into J-Lo's hands and people say that it was stolen and J-Lo came out with it. And if you listen to the background vocals, it is Ashanti. It is not J-Lo. So mm -hmm. she's mm -hmm. like a repeat offender. That's all I got to say. It's <laughs> not. That's it. So now we're back at the club. Yeah. Silk and the backup dancers are performing. And so Timothy gives the DJ the tape of the vocal tracks. So he's playing it and he very quickly is like, this is not her. Like, <laughs> in what world well, he, is this her? He he hears it and he goes, he goes, he's like, I didn't know you could lay it down like this. And he doesn't go in there trying to figure out who's actually singing. He, yeah. he gives her the credit. And everything would have been fine had she not been a little bitch. A hundred percent. When the photographer comes in and says, hey, let's get a picture with you in the background singer. She's like, no worries about them. It's all about me. You don't need them. And as they leave, Mariah's petty ass, which I love, okay. turns around and sings all them vocals. And mm -hmm. then DJ Dice is like, what? <laughs> I'll do the head again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when he realizes, bye. And right. goes and finds Billy. And and so he tells her, they're ghosting you. They're they're using your vocal tracks for her. And she's like, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, well, let's prove this real quick. And so he does like this weird kind of rap battle uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I, just highly uncomfortable shoving <laughs> the mic in people's faces and making them yeah. sing but this was a real thing that they used to do at the clubs and this is one of the things that I felt like they could have dived into a little bit more when rap was big the MC wasn't the big person it was always mm -hmm. the DJ and that's how, like, when hip-hop was starting, like, it was the focus was the DJ was the star. And the MC was the hype guy, the side guy, whatever. But it was the DJs that would go to the club. Radio guys and DJs were it. If you wanted your song to hit, 
you had to get DJs and radio guys to play your shit. Mm -hmm. And so they had like all the power. So they would do all the stuff. This is how people would go to the club because that's where all the A&R people were. That's where all the artists were. Everyone was trying to get their name out there. So I felt like those scenes actually felt more authentic than some of the other shit we saw. It was a little cringy, but it, it would have been cool if they got at that time period, like who was, would have been at the clubs and had somebody pretending to be, you know, somebody from a group that we would have known. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah. They didn't. Maybe it was just like the rap battle for me. Like to me it was like, I could have been up there doing a freestyle. Like maybe right. I needed a little more from the freestyle. And also it was Dice's dance, like his little movements yeah. like this. Yeah. That really just made it like super cringy. You know <laughs> what I'm was. saying? It was, it was just that part. Like I said, and it was kind of a part of the transition. It was like super slow motion. And he was kind of just giving Billy the mic and for her to go on and show her stuff. But I get what you're saying, Danielle, I do. But maybe I just needed more talent for the rap battle. <laughs> and yes. the transition just it, why was it slow motion i didn't like that I, why was his background all blurry like I this was supposed like to be that. a defining moment they already met right. they're already like like google gaga eyes for each other so right. what was the like here's the mic we've already heard her sing like six yeah. times yeah none of this made any sense that, that was probably one of my least favorite parts of the movie but you know it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> So this is when they kind of, this was her, her first whistle note. I was disappointed at the lack of whistle notes in this movie. Yeah. I was hoping to start a drinking game with them. <laughs> so the little girl does one and grown yeah. up Billy does two. So yeah. I only got three whistle, whistle notes. So a little bummed about that, but Billy comes back at him and is like, you soup girls up to get what you want. And he's like, I don't soup girls up. And I'm like, what is souping girls up? <laughs> like, is this something is this, I just have never heard of before? Is this 80 slang or yeah, I don't that, know about? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard of soup up before. Uh, like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's a New York thing. Maybe. I'm not sure. I just knew what it meant. I knew I've heard it before, but that was it. I mean, in context, I understood yeah, yeah. what she was saying but she does say like i'm not into games leave me alone and he's like no i want to produce you and she's like i have a contract with timothy and he's like i will handle timothy well the way he handles timothy is like give me billy and timothy's like no <laughs> <laughs> and so then he's timothy's like fine you can buy out her contract for $100,000, which yeah. Dice agrees to. I don't know if it's a gentleman's agreement with a handshake, if there's paperwork signed. I don't know. And I'm always, I always question if he paid it all the way or just started making payments and stopped. It's not clear. Yeah. It's not clear at all. Well, he doesn't pay it because that's why he goes after Billy. Timothy goes after Billy later because he defaulted on his payment. And later on, he's like, yeah, about that. I'm just not going to do that. Like Dice literally tells <laughs> Timothy that. He, he says, you yeah, hungry? <laughs> you, yes. you, you got food in your fridge? You're right, right. Then you all right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? I, I, I don't know. But like, 
Billy, the first thing she should have done after she got money was to make sure she looked at her paperwork. Like whether Mm -hmm. your boy said that he got it or not, you need to look at your career and what, who like owns you, I guess. Cause that's what this seems like. Yeah. Record. (laughs) Yeah. It it screws you up. Everyone gets those really bad record deals. They don't look at the paperwork. They don't look at the fine print and then they end up getting screwed over in the end. Like we've seen the TLC story. We've seen like what happens to these groups and that actually is not that out of the ordinary to just get a really bad contract. And it, it happens to a lot of people. So yeah. Yeah. But we didn't see her sign anything. So yeah, that was the other thing was like, did she sign that she was going to be ghost vocals for Silk forever? Like, (laughs) it's not clear. (laughs) <laughs> I love I'm gonna how... say that the whole time. It's not clear. <laughs> it's not clear. <laughs> Unclear. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Danielle? I love how we got the term ghosting in 2001 in a totally different context and it didn't catch on because not enough people saw glitter. glitter. Right. Now we could have been saying good. it back in 2001, but we weren't exactly. saying it then. <laughs> 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 Glitter was ahead of its time, guys. Come on. It was. It was. And so they go to, is it the same club? Is it a different club where all the DJ, it's a different club because there's a different DJ. But one thing that's interesting is when Terrence Howard's character tries to get Billy, she's just like flat out no, and she's pieced. It's not till her friends say like, let's give him a second chance. But with this guy, She's very flirtatious. She's way more open. And I kind of like that about her, that she was really guarded about her craft. She knew her worth, why she was like, hell no. But then she gave in to that guy. And then she quickly was like, you got to find me, which in the 80s was fucking hard. So <laughs> yeah, he, had, he did have to find her. We had but, no social media. Yeah, no <laughs> social media. So, but I just thought it was weird that she was so much easier with him but i guess because she liked him she thought he was cute i don't know (sighs) who knows sorry go ahead it just was sitting in my head you're good so now they're at the other club he walks in obviously he's friends with the dj she's like the record execs are upstairs you need to go talk to them someone from cmz is here and that's kind of what dice had promised billy like i'm gonna get you this huge record deal you're gonna play radio or no madison square garden thank you i was like carnegie hall no that's not the one Definitely, it's not Carter. (laughs) (laughs) So as they're walking up, you see these record execs talking. There's other girls walking up, handing them demos, all of that. But then like the DJ is kind of eyeballing them. And as they get close to the exec, she starts playing Billy's song. Yeah. And pretty much, yes, the song was like, oh, okay. But when they saw Billy, like sliced meat, pretty much, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. They were looking her up and down like yeah. a piece of meat. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's what it felt like. This movie felt so dirty in the sense that yeah. this poor woman was just literally handed to a bunch of different people. It was weird. I couldn't imagine. I, I am so glad I'm not talented with that gift. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but that's how the industry is. That's what they do to these women, you know? Yeah. yeah. Which is really sad. So sad. 
Yeah. So now the execs are like, you got yourself a deal. So right. now she's in the recording studio. Is that? So, yeah, she signs with them. Oh, yeah. Recording a new song, some new songs. And then like Dice, she thinks they're going out to celebrate her getting a record deal. And he right. shows up. She She's getting ready. Her friends are all like, this is a date. Right. Like you're going on a date. She's like, it's not a date. It's just dinner to celebrate, right. blah, blah, blah. And then he shows up like obviously with a limo paid for by the record company. They go to this really fancy restaurant and he gives her a single rose. And she's like, gotta ask you, why are you, why are you giving me a rose? I love that about her. I love that she calls him out on shit all the time. And he needs it. Yeah, I just like that about her. You know, she seems very innocent if the mm-hmm. side ponytail didn't give you that <laughs> But she also has some grit to her. But one thing that, like Mariah Carey said, is that this movie had way more grittiness, and they edited it out, and they changed it. It would have been more dramatic, apparently. Yeah. She even says that it was, like, more geared towards 10-year-olds. They there was a lot more grit in sex, drugs, rock and roll, and they made it like super innocent just to open to the masses so we can reach a younger audience. But it was supposed to have that grittiness and that that dirtiness that you get from some of these type of movies. But we obviously were lacking that. But I'm, I really wish we could have seen it in that light. But this is what we have, unfortunately. Yeah. But And so after that, and she, she does point blank ask him, is this a date? And does he really answer her? He says no. If you, if it was a date, you would know. Yeah. But then what was up with the red rose? Right. And he's a trickster, I tell you. There's like, this is red flag number two or three at this point. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they're going back home and then he's like, oh, I just want to show you something. And she's like, you're just trying to get me into your apartment. Yeah. And he's like, give me five minutes. Give me five minutes. She's like, I'll give you three. And right. it took him, took him three to get him to make out and... Then they were doing the nasty. But she was the one who initiated the kiss. That's what he made her think. See, this is how Mm. it happens. (laughs) No, 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 no. You guys forgot. You guys forgot. He played the marimba. What what is it called? Not the xylophone, but the marimba. The marimbas. Marimbas. Okay. So he started playing that. It was that point where she kind of looked at him and gave him the eye. And that's what kind of like, okay, you could have, you could get it. Yeah. At that point right there. Because he was like, he was showing her, like, I'm a producer, but I think it's really important that you play interest instruments. And he does, right. me- he mentions Quincy Jones a few times <laughs> in this movie. And Quincy Jones is a very prolific producer, but he's a very talented artist as well. Like he could play multiple instruments. So I did see how she was like, Whoever wrote the script brought him up and kind of weaving that into this guy's character as well. Right. And also in real life, he's a professional percussionist and musician. So they were able to tie that in. Yeah, he's gone on tour with like Jamiroquai, Phil Collins, all kinds of people. And I have a 90s connection with him. He he used to date one of the Spice Girls (gasps) for three years. Yes. Let's guess. Okay, okay. Yes. And it was during this time too, during 2001, they dated for three years. Yes. Mel B. How did you know? <laughs> Just had a 
feeling that he Gary liked, his, he yeah, liked he liked a little swirl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, boy. Yeah. So when I was doing my research, I was shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a great connection. But he said it ruined his career. He said that because everything was so focused on that, that it kind of like shadowed like his acting capabilities and some of his roles because he was on all the front page papers about him and no B. I mean, I would have loved to have been connected to that. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll hitch my wagon to no okay. B any day. <laughs> Shit. It should but, have me. So they end up sleeping together and she's like, I don't really do this. And he's like, I can tell. I can tell. Bitch. I her reaction was so sweet my... though. Wasn't she, it? Yeah. She's like, she just like snuggled with him. She was just like, oh. Like it was just like, like <laughs> she's like, really? You know, and he's like, I'm yeah. just messing with you. Like she, she, she did have that lost look. Like, yeah, and she does confide into in him that she has trouble trusting people. Obviously, like her mom left her a promise to come back when she was clean. Never did. Her dad doesn't want anything to do with her. She had to grow up in an orphanage. Like she's led a pretty tough life up until now and she's very guarded he somehow breaks that wall I don't see it and <laughs> it must have been behind closed doors yeah because next thing you know she's all about him and then right. that's yeah. it like it wasn't a gradual they worked no. together and you could tell he did everything for her it was just yeah. like I bought you for a hundred thousand dollars allegedly yeah I could play these instruments and we go and now together. I got the panties yeah, got yeah. The panties <laughs> we go together now yeah yep. yeah his next song is three minute panty dropper <laughs> by DJ Dice <laughs> <laughs> and now there's a scene where they're in a taxi cab going somewhere and they hear her song for the first time and so it's a really awkward scene, but it's kind of like how you would react if your song was on the radio. Like, he's like, stop the cab. She jumps out. She's like, I need a dime so I can call my friends. So he's like giving her a dime. And then he's like, pull over to the cab. Like, it's very chaotic for a second, <laughs> but I kind of like that. It wasn't like, pull over and she gets out and just like calls her friends. So it was like, right. it, it was one of the se only scenes that actually had like energy to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. it was endearing you felt that, that connection there and that we needed more moments like that throughout the film and we didn't get you know to me yes them. Yeah. and then this yeah. is the first scene that i noticed at least that she had the silver paint streak affixed oh upon her body gosh. yes <laughs> what 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 silver Yo. paint streak <laughs> okay I, I saw a silver thing on her body at one point, but that was it. In every scene, and it's always in different locations. It's either on her, the front of her shoulder, the back of her shoulder, like somewhere on her t upper torso area. Yeah. I looked it up because I was like, what is it? Because at first, when my brain wasn't thinking 1980s, I was like, oh, those like silver and gold temporary tattoos were all the rage in the early aughts but this is 1983 i don't know why that's there <laughs> so did we find out why yes because i noticed it throughout the movie too and i was wondering what what is that and they never explain it no you know, oddly enough i didn't question a thing <laughs> oh man so her makeup artist made this choice and his name is Christopher Buckle, Christopher, yes, Christopher with a K. Christopher. Yeah. 
I love him. And he <laughs> said, the slash of silver is her fighting for individuality and empowerment. And it's kind of like her war paint. Okay. okay. Well, it would have been great if they explained that in the movie. Yes. Right? Because <laughs> as a viewer, we're wondering why does she have that strip of paint on different parts of her body, on her arm, throughout the whole entire movie? Because that was like, one of the questions I had. Like, even when it, we get to the music video scene, which I think is soon, yeah. like, even if she had, like, okay, you're ready to go on set, and she picks up, like, a paintbrush and is, like, and they're, yeah. like, why are you doing that? And she's, like, I need something that's me. So, just, it could have been <laughs> super quick. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because so, that was never answered. But maybe in the unedited version, the Vondi cut, maybe we could have gotten that. Yes. yes. <laughs> we need the Vondi, Vondi cut. cut. <laughs> Give us the Vondi cut. Wow. And so now, like I said, she's doing the music video. She's full glam. Her friends are her backup dancers. They're like talking about her ethnicity. Is she white? Is she black? She's just exotic. Like she, there, she is a commodity at this point. That's all she is, mm -hmm. is dollar signs for them. And then she has a silver bikini on and she has this silver wrap over it and they're like you need to lose that and she's telling dice like i'm uncomfortable you need to tell them like i'm not doing that and then the director's just yelling we need to see more breasts because he obviously so then they're like we need new right. backup dancers they nix her friends just shove them out of the way and then bring in these four dudes with, they have war paint all over them. Yeah. I don't know what kind of dancing they were doing. It looked like tribal dancing in a way. Yeah. It was awful. And they didn't have any colorful outfits on. And if it I'm just not mistaken, was... they just had black shorts on. Yeah. yeah. Black shorts and weird. no shirts and just the tribal paint. Yeah. I do love the scene though, before they tell the girlfriends they have to go that they are they are i'm gonna be honest they're horrible backup dancers oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they say oh we choreograph this and i do that but when right. they were like trying to coordinate what moves they were gonna make it was hilarious also yeah. to see debrat like doing that scene of her shaking her ass is yeah. hilarious <laughs> because before that movie pretty much Debrat, her whole attire was always just kind of like very loose fitting clothes and baggy baggy and you know I never saw her really in a dress or a skirt or something like that so this was a right. departure from that but it still had the De the Debrat like swag about it so yeah it was, it was just like y'all are not fooling me that you're we're not fooling nobody um, <laughs> any of this and that your backup dancers yeah now but you know the brad it's mariah's best friend so she had to throw her in the film and i thought the brad did a pretty good job just being herself she you know? did she didn't do bad i just was like but y'all mariah mariah <laughs> let's talk mariah <laughs> i know come on yeah, I just love their friendship. I really do. I do too. Also in this scene, we meet her new publicist. <laughs> and her publicist's assistant. 
And her publicist is kind of like running down her schedule for tomorrow. She has like a bunch of interviews scheduled and photo shoots and stuff. And Billy's like, where is this all coming from? What the fuck is going on? Right. Dice is trying to talk to the director and he's like, she's not comfortable with this. And he takes her off set and like leaves. And then she's like, we shouldn't have done that. And he's like, it's fine. I'll call the producer. But she's kind of like... Like, that was my music video. Right. Like, I just wanted you to talk to them and say I wasn't comfortable wearing a bikini. And then it's, that scene kind of just ends. And then (laughs) she's with her friends and they're upset because they're no longer the backup dancers. And so Billy is like, well, let's go shopping because she has this fancy new, like, Amex card. And that's all we get of that scene. <laughs> Jackie's so we get we really get the gold outfits. <laughs> yeah. Gold. Yeah, we should have gotten a shopping montage. We definitely should have. There, there are tropes for a reason. We fucking like them. Yeah, that's why they're tropes. Yeah, they're must-haves. Spice World that- had one. Yes, it did. <laughs> and it was epic. Epic. Like it, it's yeah, it was. A shame that we did not get a montage set to an upbeat, poppy, Mariah, uh, like, just, it would have been so lovely. A movie with Mariah Carey and her fashion sense and not having a montage. Yeah. Just. That was a loss. It was an L for sure. But maybe it's in the Bondi cut. Bondi cut! Come through! (laughs) Come through! So now we're back in the record studio. She's still trying to talk to Dice about like what's going on and stuff. Publicist shows up with headshots and she's like, this is what they were able to get before you left. Something in here will work. She calls Billy a street urchin, sassy, sexy, slutty thing. That is Mm. only okay for a gay man to say to me. Yeah. That, but, that's the only way I would find that to be an insult. It's weird. And then doesn't Dice call her a porn star or something like that? Yeah, he's Tipsy, the porn star. Oh. I'm sorry. That's what, what? strike four or five? What is that? Uh, I'm, I'm mad Jackie wrote this shit down because she said, oh, I'm going to write down. Oh, I <laughs> I paused for the street urchin, sassy, sexy, slutty thing. And like, yeah. Ken was on the other couch so he couldn't see me writing. And he's like, what happened? Why aren't we watching the movie? I'm like, I'm writing this shit down because... The audacity this woman just had to call Billy this and then immediately followed up with Titsy the porn star. Yo, (laughs) those are fighting words. I'm sorry. At that (sighs) point, I would have been done with his ass. Jackie's Mm. segment is called the feminist records. (laughs) (laughs) Dear diary. Dice does say he wants the reshoot. They're way too sexy. Obviously, mm-hmm. he has been very vocal about his opinion. Mm-hmm. And the publicist is like, no. And then she proceeds to tell Billy, I'm going to completely change your look. I hate jeans. You're never wearing them again. I hear that. 
I am an avid jean wearer, so that hurt too. me to my core. <laughs> I, I do like jeans. I don't really love wearing pants if I don't have to. I don't like, I don't mind jeans, but if I could wear a skirt or a dress, that would be great. No, I'm, I'm a total jean girl. I'm so comfortable in jeans. I actually feel uncomfortable when I'm in a dress. Really? Me too. Yeah. This is when Timothy catches up with Dice. Oh, Timothy saying I need more money. Yeah, but he's in his house, isn't he? Oh, is this when Billy is putting the groceries away and then Timothy is in the house? Oh, no. Maybe this is they just pass each other at the record studio and he's like, where's my money? And Timothy's like, that's right. He's even nice about it, though. He says, I'm going to need some more money. That's all he's like. He doesn't. I was surprised. That he wasn't like, give me my money or something like that. It was more like, and I need more money. This is expensive. Right. He didn't even start off with that. He was just with his girl and the, the new backup singers. The new singers. That's right. Yeah. He was nice about it. He was. Yes. And then he this is nice. when Dice showed his true colors. And he mm -hmm. said, you hungry? <laughs> Did you got food in your refrigerator? <laughs> I want to take that clip and send it to all of my fucking, like, my who has my mortgage, <laughs> light bills, you hungry? <laughs> yes. And then so he pretty much tells him it's a bullshit deal. You know you it's know a bullshit it. deal. Yeah. Suck it. So then that's when Timothy has to play dirty. But in the meantime, Dice gets back to his apartment and Billy has bought him a super fancy new keyboard for 1983 standards. And then this is when Dice also asks her to move in with him. But the way he approaches is like, well, half your clothes are here anyway. Why don't you just stay here? <laughs> <laughs> it's Dice way, you know. Probably strike six for me. Like, I don't yeah. even know what number I am for the red flag. But anyways. <laughs> And so now we see Billy has moved in. She's going through a memory box that has a lot of her mom's things in it. It's just like a little shoe box. And she finds one of her mom's rings. So she puts it on and explains to Dice, like her mom always wore it. And she has this recurring dream that she's on a huge TV show. She sings a song they used to sing. And her mom is watching and realizes it's Billy. And the look on her face is like she wishes she had never given me up. So my question is this, you know, your mom is trash, hasn't come back for you, but you're still looking for her. It's, it's that closure. I get, yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. You would want to know. Yeah. And like right. almost, she's probably fantasizing in her head. There's some reason mom hasn't found me. Like she's been looking, but hasn't been able to find me. And if I get famous... And with the exposure, maybe then mom will be able to find me. In the beginning of the movie, you know, Billy's mother says, I will come back for you. So, and I think she held on to that, that yes. my mom's looking for me. If I make it big, she'll come back and find me. Like, and I feel like she just had to have that curiosity. And so I get why she's still looking and why, you know, it's a huge deal for her to find her. So, yeah. Yeah. And at, at this point, she goes to the social security office. I don't know where she goes. But she, she goes to a resource office of some kind and they kind of have a, a dead trail 
of like, okay, well, this is where she was like 10 years ago, but we, we don't have any records of your mom since. And so Billy's disheartened by that, but the agency does say they will keep digging. Now we're back at the recording studio. Pretty much Dice is told there's a lot of producers out there. We need other people producing her as well, not just you. And so now this is when they begin to push Dice out. Yeah. Right. And I think if he was, if he was making hits. It wouldn't have been. Right. But there, it's not going the flow that the record. The company wants it to be. They mm-hmm. want just pure pop hits, pushing out, pushing out, and they're trying right. to make like a more dynamic album. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, if you think about it, the industry, them doing that, just imagining all the creativity and all the really cool music we could be getting, but it's stifled because they want to be put into the machine, and mm-hmm. it's this a lot of the same. And, and it's kind of. Interesting because Mariah's career was kind of the opposite. She was more poppy in the beginning and then moved into that R&B sound later on in her career. Yeah. Yeah. And she talks about that in her memoir as well, about Tommy very much being one, racist, and Mm -hmm. two, like so much of her beginning stuff, he was trying to like, he would go in and try to change stuff and polish it up and make it. He wanted it to be more mainstream so it could mm-hmm. be more, you know, easily consumed, quote unquote, for Adjustable. the white audience. Yeah. And and before you didn't really know what she was and they didn't talk about it. Yeah. Because Tommy didn't want people to know that she was mixed in the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So it wasn't until later that we found out when she was more vocal about it that she was, you know, mixed and she liked to do hip hop music and she started working with hip hop, you know, artists. And then that's when we started, we saw a uh, fantasy, her and ODB. That was kind of like what started the whole crossover. So like you said, it was kind of backwards. So it was really Mm -hmm. cool to see that. Yep. And so she does check on Dice and she's like, are you okay? Because like, I don't want this, but they're telling me I have to do this. And he's like, I'm cool. Like he doesn't say what he's thinking. Yeah. And if he had just communicated how he was feeling a lot of like this shit probably wouldn't have gotten as bad as it does. So at this point, she's invited to perform at the USA music Awards. She is being rushed because it's like the next day or whatever. And so she's being rushed to the theater for rehearsal. She asks her publicist, call Dice, let him know where I am. See if he can meet me. He doesn't go for the rehearsal, but he's there. I'm I for think the after for, party. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. at least there for the after party. I don't know if he was there for the performance because we don't even get to see her perform. We don't. No. But that's where she meets Raphael, right? Yes. yes. Okay. So she walks in and this performer, okay. Raphael, is sitting at the piano rehearsing his piece for the the award show. And he's kind of he's checking her out. He's 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 looking her up and down. Yeah, and we she... know Eric Benet is looking up a woman. Okay, <laughs> you dirty, you dirty dog. He cheated on Holly Berry. Yeah, talk about he a sex addict. I okay. sex addict this. Yeah. <laughs> this in your face. But yeah, and he, so, he... and Sorry. Billy recognizes just his. I feel like in this scene, she's more recognizing his talent. Like yes. he, he's an excellent piano player and singer and like the wheels start turning probably like 
hey, we could actually probably collab. And if they want me to go this route, this is probably not a bad person to hitch my wagon to. She definitely has a lot of admiration for him. And Eric Benet said, he's like, look, I'm not an actor or whatever, but it made sense for him to make this cameo. It's not Mm -hmm. a big part and it's not far removed from who he is in real life. So yeah. And you never get the sense that Billy is like, being wooed by him or kind of falling under his spell. She is very much team dice. Like there's no like, oh, is she going to cheat on? Like there's none of that in this. Yeah. It's it, it's strictly professional with the two of them. And then this is a scene that we talked about at the beginning where he shows up, he's completely wrecked at the after party with the open shirt. And they're in a limo going back to their house I guess but they're the friends are in the limo too and this is when he tells Roxanne to shut her mouth and roach bag <sighs> yes Fuck he's in he, he's in his full Ike Turner bag yeah and but doesn't quite pull it off very well either no. like it doesn't feel believable and it's just like icky that oh god but her girlfriends have some class and they're like we're not standing for this shit so they ask the limo to stop and they get out and they wait for their girl to get out and she's just looking like but i love him though right (laughs) please and they're like we we don't need this and they walk off so now they're home she's crying and he comes in and he's just like i'm sorry baby and she's like okay well she asked him like what the like why are you being like this you know and she's they do i do like this scene because it's they are communicating with each other Mm -hmm. finally yes she he apologizes and she says i don't like this xyz Mm -hmm. and and, you know they reconfirm a few things so i did like that they came back to talk but like i don't feel like there was enough rage for how he treated her friends well especially because it's at this point we when he says none of this would have happened to you without Without me me. yep (laughs) yeah and then all of a sudden he turns sweet and everything's cool strike 10 (sighs) (laughs) and it happens so often in real life or in these movies where men it's not like we're in a true partnership because in a true partnership one might be up, one might be down. Mm-hmm. It, it's very rare we're at the same point all the time. And if you win, I win. And that's not, yeah, right. it, it's more like when I win, you win. And when you win and I'm not winning on my own, no then we are not okay. Yeah. And after this, Billy goes for a walk and she sees... Uh, or she hears a homeless woman start singing and and from afar it kind of she has the same build as her mom and so she gets really hopeful and then she sees that it's just a woman that kind of sounds and has the same stature as her mom and so it's kind of like you can tell billy's still needing that connection to find her mother and then the next day she gets back from grocery shopping and this is when timothy has broken into the apartment and threatens her he's like i will hurt you like tells her what the deal Dice made with him and is like, I will hurt you. You need to tell Dice to give me my money. And so she's like, what the fuck? 
goes and confronts Dice about it. And Dice storms out. He's pissed that, that Timothy has done this. And he attacks Timothy and puts him in the hospital. But the Popo was there quick. Like, he didn't yeah, even right? get more than three licks in before the, the, the cops are there. <laughs> Some uh, lady yelled. Yeah. I <laughs> See, my only issue with this, well, not my only issue, but I feel like at this point, okay, if you haven't gotten a lawyer... You yeah. should have gotten one by now. Yeah. yeah. Don't you think, Dana? Like, come on. Oh, yeah. Again, and- I, I want to see the Bondi cut because there's so much <laughs> we're we just know <laughs> we just know in the Bondi cut that we're getting we, that, we that like, <laughs> epic shopping scene. And yeah. she lawyered up somewhere okay, in the yeah, something. And they, they cut it. They cut it. That's what they it cut is. Because our girl couldn't be this dumb dumb with Yo. this. Nah. <laughs> I agree. So he gets arrested and brings shame to the family. <laughs> brings shame to the family. The record team, the they're like, yo, this dude gotta go. The liability, so tired yo. of this. Right. And so she's gotta go bail him out of fucking jail. And he's still acting up after he gets out of jail. And, and it's a rep. She's like, I, I can't deal with this shit no more. Yep. I'm out of here. Finally. Yes. Yeah. So you could have did that way in the beginning, but you way know. faster. But she leaves him and you know, it seems like a, they're both living their separate lives, but it shows you're seeing them both yearn for the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He writes, I think it's called a melody for Billy. So he composes some music for her. She's writing a song about him during this montage. And then she she, she oh so the night that he attacks timothy she's supposed to be on a late night show and y'all this bit of acting with the teapot <laughs> did anyone notice this because i rewound it and made what my happened? husband watch it she picks up a very obviously empty teapot <laughs> it looks like a little girl playing like tea party and dramatically pours nothing in a cup, uh-huh. <laughs> opens up the sugar bowl, and s- pretends to put sugar cubes in the cup. Again, nothing is actually <laughs> happening. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, did they not think we know? At least do the sugar cubes. Like, I'm sure, like, something. It, I didn't notice. I, you know, I actually did notice that. <laughs> I actually didn't notice it either. It went uh, right over my head. But well, I, I highly recommend this. just go back and watch that scene because <laughs> it is a treat. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's funny because this is the sabotage Mariah was talking about from her acting coach. Oh, yeah. They were probably like, nailed it. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. This looks like a four-year-old. <laughs> they were steering her wrong. Tommy yeah. was paying that acting coach oh, on yeah. the side. For sure. It did my girl dirty. Yeah, 100%. So now we're in kind of the separate ways, beginning of the third act. And she's collaborating with Raphael. He's composing his music. She's writing songs. And then she gets the gig at Madison Square Garden. So she she has gotten to that point in her career. To his dream. Because that's what he promised. Like, yep. she didn't have it. That was like, he's going to get her to Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And so, of course, she's thinking about him a lot because of this. Yeah. 
And as it gets closer, she tries to call him and his machine picks up. So she hangs up, but it seems like he was waiting for her to leave Ain't a message. nobody got time for this bullshit. <laughs> and then she goes over to his apartment, sees the, the melody that he wrote for her, and she kisses the sheet music and like leaves a little like heart. Be and then leaves. So he comes home and he she sees... also left him tickets to the show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he comes home and sees this. So there's hope. Hope is alive. <laughs> the door is open. The door has cracked open. And then we see him walking, presumably to go to the, to the concert. Show. Yeah. Yeah. And Timothy steps out of a car on the street. And shoots him dead. But yeah. he, like, tries to square up with the dude. He's like, oh, you back for more? Right. And he gets so close. That gunshot was... He must have shot him again. because Point blank. Point it was like, point blank. It just in his shoulder. Like in this. his shoulder. But yeah. I'm like, that. I don't know if that would have killed him. I guess unless nobody got to him fast enough. Maybe yeah. he double tapped and we just didn't see it. Yeah. Or maybe but, he had an artery. Yeah, maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. But again, home, it's not it's not explained. So not explained. Homeboy, <laughs> we need the is, autopsy report right. for exactly. <laughs> Bondi a right. <laughs> um, we, we have a shopping montage. We have an autopsy report. Yes. And then we have what was the other thing? I already forgot. <laughs> <laughs> lawyer so she lawyered oh up. yeah yeah she and she lawyered up. up there you go yeah so, so he shot dead and now the door is closed yeah yes forever and as billy is going on she sees the tv news report that he has been killed but the show must go on it's so, so. fucked up because somebody one of the anr guys or somebody said hope she's not with him right. <laughs> and she walked <laughs> i'm telling you these are little side comments like <laughs> the shade <laughs> wait wait can we talk about were they writing the same song or the same melody at the same time uh, unclear that, like just not implied or right <laughs> what did you allegedly yes i, I think that's what was happening okay and in the Vondi Cup, for sure, I know we get it has some to clarification. Have, please. Yes. That's what it seemed like. Like, they were both writing the same song at the same time. Yes. When they, were they were on the same wavelength. He was yeah. writing the melodies. She was writing the, the lyrics. The lyrics. The lyrics. It, yeah. Yeah. Music and lyrics. Yeah. It's unclear. <laughs> Very unclear. But yes, Jackie, the show must go on. go on. But then she gets on the stage and she doesn't say, hello, New York, or anything. She's like, you, you never know when you're going to lose somebody. Right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Don't know. Don't take anyone for granted. Okay. Yeah. You never know when you might lose them. And we'll never get a chance to let them know or something to that effect. At least say, like, guys, some really sad news. My my boyfriend, he did. But Producer dies. For you. <laughs> but it just was like, you never know. When you're gonna it was very vague. And then she just throws up her hand <laughs> and is like, stop the music. Yeah. Because the band is like, 
getting ready for the first song, like playing the, the intro in the background. Because ain't nobody gave them a memo. No. no. <laughs> like, what did you do this in <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I went for a sub. I don't know what's going on. I got to stop music now. What the fuck? Right. You know what? I get paid. <laughs> and she sings the song she wrote in the melody of Billy. Yeah. That Dice composed. Wouldn't it have been nice if uh, she was singing it somewhere out, like in the middle, it would have been like DJ Dice, 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 Or like we've had so many. Yeah. We've had so many like weird transitions and stuff and weird like soft lenses. Like, Maybe just a mental reel for her of all the times he was being sweet to her or something other than just her standing on stage singing the song for three minutes. Definitely. Like a playback of all their memories. Exactly. Montage. Yeah. In the Vondi cut. We get that. We get some montages. (laughs) Vondi. If we come through, (laughs) bruh. Exactly. <laughs> Glitter sparkling like you've never yes. seen <laughs> the body cut. And once she gets backstage, she sees a single rose in a card, and he's written that he's found her mom, uh, leaves the information for her. So I don't know if maybe he wasn't going to stay for the performance, and he dropped that off, and he was going back to his apartment maybe i think the police might have found it on him and gave it to her that was my guess ah i don't i'm not sure but also he didn't find her they left a message for her i think didn't they leave a message that they found her and because that was where she was staying because i thought for at first like oh he found her when I when I started the movie and then I went rewatching, I was like, oh, that's how he got. Oh, so maybe he says they found your mom. Here's yeah. the information. And so then she's they her limo pulls up to her mom's house. Yeah, she she, she just drives all night. Still in the same dress. <laughs> she didn't put no yoga pants or a sweater Nothing. on. She did no, straight from the performance. And then she embraces her mom and she's crying and it's a very poignant part of the movie. And at this point, Ken turns to me and says, <laughs> that girl's going through a lot, right? Now. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yeah, we. it feels like we never get a chance to breathe. Like, no. We don't, we don't get just, to soak it in. It's just like... The weight is on you know what all the marketing and everything made it seem like it was going to be fluffy and yeah fun and it was not I even think the name of it yeah like why is it called glitter like i get from the perspective of like all that glitters but once that title kind of fell away like name it something completely different yes yeah. billy does the blue <laughs> yeah because <laughs> billy had it rough man she <sighs> did and that's fun. how that's how the movie ends and that is glitter <laughs> oh, i mean Jesus. i would have loved to know more what happened afterwards but we don't right. know it just pants to the sky and then that's all we get she gets the record company when her daddy dies <laughs> in the bondy cut in the, the bondy cut, cut. <laughs> <laughs> <In> the <bondy laughs> cut. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it. we did it, girls. We, we did, did it. it. We did it. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We so made, we made it through glitter. <laughs> God help us. Before we get into our current day rating. All right, yes. Dina, if people for some reason did not listen to our episode before, why don't you tell yes. them how to find you on social? Yes, you guys can find me on TikTok and Instagram. It's the same handle, T-H-A-D-A-N-A-D-O-T, the Dana Dot. And Love you guys it. can find me there. I do a lot of fun content, your boy bands, your Mariah Carey, your Lamely stuff, and just throwbacks and nostalgic 90s and 2000s stuff. So check me out. And as always for us, you could check us out at No More Late Fees on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, YouTube. So Dana, we'll start with you with your present day rating. Oh man. Well, after all this and all this analysis <laughs> and kind of seeing this as an adult, it definitely was a little tougher to get through. I'm not going to lie. And I'm a huge Mariah Carey fan and I will always love her. And again, the soundtrack is the business. So if you don't like the movie, just listen to the soundtrack and it will save everything. But I'm going to give it a two day rental. Okay. So it's not bad. It's kind of in the middle just because I am a lamb and I just like to see Mariah Carey on the big screen. I love seeing her. And honestly, she's a great actress. I thought she did a great job with what she had, with the script she had. She didn't have a lot to work with. Or a little script yeah, that she had. Or a little script that she had. So she, she's mesmerizing. I love watching her on screen, and I do love the music. So I'll give it a two-day rental as the present-day Dana. Jackie? I'm going same, two-day rental. <laughs> like, I've seen it. Probably don't need to watch it again. Although... <laughs> And said, <laughs> it's a pretty good movie. <laughs> wow, Kevin. Usually wow. I don't bring his reactions into it, but after I, I was like, did we watch the same movie just wow. now? But he's special. So that was Ken's rating. It's pretty good. Um, Danielle? Two-day two day rental. I'm going to keep it at that. We're on the same page, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, it had its moments. It did. We've seen worse. We have. <laughs> Lord knows that we have. Okay. And I feel like if I had some alcoholic beverages while watching this, it could be a fun movie to like right. joke around with. Or take a shot every time we needed a Bondi cut. Yes. yes. That would have been fun. <laughs> well if you have an opinion you'd like to share hit us up at our quick drop 909-601-NMLF 909-601-6653 you can also twat us at the twitters or leave a voice message at our anchor fm for our international listeners and like i said lambs please don't come for us but if you would like to to leave some encouraging or or favorite moments feel free to do that. You could be featured on a future episode. Yes. And J-Lo yes. stands, please, Jesus. And Beyonce please. stands, please, Jesus. Please be nice. I, I love, I love them all. So please don't come for us. We're just, yes. it's just an opinion. It doesn't matter. Okay. Y'all need to go take a Tums because I know y'all got some ulcers with the amount of freak outs you be having. <laughs> We have a birthday shout out this week, Jackie. We do. It is for our little brother, Johnny. Happy, happy birthday. And we wish you all the wonderful things. And thank you for listening and being a podcast bestie on Patreon. And we love you so much. Love you, Johnny. God, I happy love birthday. you so much.
<laughs> just want to give him a big hug. <laughs> and join us next week for some haircuts because we're headed to the barber shop with Ice Cube oh. and the gang. Yeah, we are. That should be interesting. <laughs> it's just it's you been, and me, Jackie. <laughs> it's been a slew of interesting movies the past couple of weeks. It makes it fun. It makes it, it fun. It does. We're mixing it up. It's fun. Yeah. We like, we like leaving our comfort zones for sure. Yeah. For sure. Well, this was a lot of fun, and I'm so happy you guys chose me, of all people, to hang out with you guys and talk about glitter. This was awesome. I was super nervous, but you guys made me feel super comfortable. So I really appreciate it. Oh, <laughs> well, thanks so much. Great. This was amazing. Yeah. We had so <laughs> much fun. And as always, be kind and rewind. <laughs>